Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Let's join together in, in prayer as we open this morning. Father, we are, God, in awe of your goodness. God, we're in awe of your grace and your mercy. God, in all that you have done, Lord, and you are worthy of all of our praise. God, you are worthy uh, of our very lives, Lord. And we pray, God, that you would help us, uh, God, to know you more today. God, we pray, Lord, that you would uh, cause us, God, to, uh, to walk uh, in, a, in a, a greater uh, way of faith uh, in you, Lord, that we might, uh, God, be, uh, be bold in the declaration of your gospel, Lord, that we might be obedient, uh, God, to what you call us to, Lord. And we pray if there's anyone that has never uh, trusted you, uh, God, for salvation, God, that's never rested uh, and just placed their faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, God, we pray that today uh, would be the day of salvation, Lord, that you would draw uh, people, uh, God, that you would uh, work in a way that uh, God does what only you can do. And Lord, we trust uh, this day and this time in your care, and we ask for your blessing uh, on our time together as we read your word, God, as we worship you, uh, God, and as we, uh, God, as we trust you. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. 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 Good morning, good morning. Uh, so grateful uh, just for all of you this morning, grateful for those that are uh, worshiping online, and we've got a a group that is uh, some of our students that are at uh, Snowbird uh, this weekend uh, at the Pure and Holy uh, Conference there, and so uh, excited for what God is, is doing there in, in their midst, and uh, so grateful uh, that we are able to gather this morning and just be reminded of the greatness of God and be reminded uh, just of uh, this reality that we can rest in what he has done and, and that we can trust him uh, in the midst of a world that sometimes may uh, feel like it is spinning out of control. Uh, I read this story uh, years ago. The captain of a large vessel set sail with his family from Liverpool. Uh, the destination was New York. And one night while everyone was asleep, uh, a storm arose and the wind was sweeping over the water. Uh, the vessel was uh, just being tossed to and from and almost capsized, and uh, everything that was movable uh, was just tumbling and crashing throughout the boat, and uh, the passengers were, were just scared and, and filled with fear, and knowing that they were in imminent peril, uh, everyone was alarmed, and many uh, sprang from their berths and began to dress, and the captain's little daughter, just eight years old, uh, was awakened and cried with fright, what is the matter? And when they told her about the storm, she said, his father on deck, being assured that he was, the little one dropped back on her pillow without a fear. In spite of the howling winds and crashing waves, she was soon fast asleep. Yeah. You know, this morning we're going to uh, begin a, a new sermon series and one that, uh, that I believe is going to uh, be a, an impactful series you know, as I think about the words by faith, I'm reminded that the scripture would tell us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
And faith is not simply one of the ways that we please God. What we would understand is that it is through faith, it is by faith, it is the only way that we please God, right? And we are going to, to lean in and look at over the next uh, several weeks at Hebrews chapter 11. And as we read of those who, uh, of, of old, who walked by faith, I believe our faith will be uh, strengthened. We read in God's word that faith comes by hearing, uh, Romans 10, 17, and hearing uh, by the word of Christ. And so when we think about this word faith, I wonder what comes to your mind. And it may be that when you think about faith, it may be that your mind goes to a time, if, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, then you may uh, be taken back to a time, a moment uh, of response uh, where you believed and by faith trusted in Jesus for salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 would tell us that for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. So you may be taken to that kind of moment. You think about faith. Well, there's this moment where I've placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This moment of surrender. This moment where uh, in response to the hearing of the gospel, in response uh, to the good news of the gospel. And, and I have to remind us that the good news uh, comes with some bad news, right? We understand uh, that uh, because of our sin, that we are separated from a holy God, that there's none of us righteous, not even one, and, and that the wages of sin is death, separation uh, from God. We understand that we were sinners and that because of our sin, uh, that we were in a, a, an incredible uh, mess and something that we uh, could do nothing to save ourselves. Uh, from And we're reminded that God in his great mercy, Ephesians 2, uh, 4 and 5, has, uh, has made a way for us to be reconciled to a holy God. Uh, he's caused us to be made alive in Christ. And so we understand that it is by his mercy that God has provided a way uh, for us to be reconciled, for our sin to be paid for. Uh, we understand that, that it is through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that God uh, became a man. The scripture would tell us that he took on flesh. Uh, and dwelt among us that Jesus uh, was born into the brokenness of this world, that he lived a sinless life. And on the cross, Jesus died for our sin. And, and on, on the cross, uh, he took our place and paid the punishment that we deserve, that they placed him in a barred tomb. But thanks be to God, he didn't stay dead, that on the third day, he rose again as a testimony that God had accepted his sacrifice. And when we hear and believe the gospel and we respond, by faith, we trust and believe uh, the gospel. We think about faith, and maybe that is, maybe that's what comes to your mind. We trusted in Christ on December 27th of 2002. Uh, a moment like that took place in my life where I heard the good news of the gospel and I surrendered my life to Christ and believed and trusted in the finished work of the cross and what he had done uh, and, and began a journey of faith. And as I've heard the word of God and as I've been uh, with the people of God and 
heard of the faithfulness of God. My faith has grown. And as we walk with the faithful, uh, that's what I've understood over time. And as we walk with the faithful, that our faith is increased, that we, uh, that we are encouraged by those who live by faith and who walk by faith. And as we look uh, at the 11th chapter of Hebrews, that's what's going to happen. We're going to see some people who walked by faith. And, and when uh, we hear of their story uh, and we see uh, this, this trust that they had in a holy God and, and their belief uh, in the promises of God, we're going to be uh, encouraged. Now, the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we want to make sure that we're, uh, we understand what's going on before that. And so uh, it, it's a continuation, really, of the, the last part of the 10th chapter of Hebrews. And it's been appealing uh, to these, uh, th- these uh, Hebrew Christians to hold fast uh, to their faith. There's been this encouragement that they might live by faith and that they might walk by faith. And what we would understand is because of their faith, they're experiencing persecution. Because of their faith, uh, there's difficulties that they are walking through. And there's this temptation, and, and the author of Hebrews is writing this in such a way that it would strengthen their resolve and that they would stand in, in the midst of persecution, that they would stand in the midst of these, uh, these difficulties, right? Because they uh, were experiencing these rough times. They had turned uh, from Judaism and its ritual and ceremony to Christ. And, and they, 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 they are reading it. And as, as the author of Hebrews is encouraging them, he is reminding them that Jesus is the better way, that Jesus is the only way, right? And because of, uh, of this uh, uh, place that they were in, there's words that are written to them to, to help offset this discouragement that they're facing and to help them live faithful to Christ. And it is only through faith, right, that we can please God. That's what verse 6 of Hebrews 11, it's going to be kind of a verse we lean on throughout this series, right? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. But, but we remember that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. We, we believe that. We trust and rest in who he is and what he has done. So this author, he's expressing confidence that, that these Hebrew Christians, that they're endurance in the midst of persecution, that it is evidence, that it is a demonstration of the authenticity of their faith. Verse 38 says this, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now faith, this is the way that God's people ought to live by faith. We're going to see this word over and over in Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith, right? And we understand that we are to be a people who persevere under the pressures of this world. And, and what we see in this passage is this reminder that saving faith in Jesus Christ results in continued faith in Jesus. Look at verse 39. He says, but we are not, right? So he's encouraging these believers. He says, he says, don't shrink back in the middle of the things that you're facing. And we need this reminder uh, today in the midst of this broken world. In, in verse 39, he says, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the persevering of the soul. See, when we think about faith, it's not just this moment in our lives where we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But it is the beginning, right? When we surrender our life to Jesus, it is the beginning of a life lived by 
faith. And what we read in the scriptures is endurance is the evidence of authentic faith in Christ. That, that these believers, right, that they are persevering in the midst of trials and they are persevering in the midst of problems and they are walking by faith. Now, Hebrews 11 Verse 1, we're going to see this truth, and we're going to look at about three truths. We're going to look at Hebrews uh, 11, verse 1 through 3 today. We're going, to, we're going to try to lean into three things that we can see about faith, uh, and we're going to close and, and lean in uh, this morning. But right, the first thing we're going to see is faith looks forward, taking hold of the promises of God. Verse 1, Scripture says this, Now the faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, when we think about faith, sometimes we wrestle with like, what is a good definition of faith? What does it look like uh, to really rest and, and trust and, and to believe? And we, we, it, it's a core of who we are. And, and some people would say this verse might be the greatest definition that we have. And I, I believe it's a great description of faith, right? That we understand that faith is this strong confidence. Uh, and we can have faith in all kinds of things. People have faith. In, in all kind of things, right? But, but we understand that biblical faith is faith in uh, the one true God. And, and it is this faith that, that has this strong confidence and reliance upon him, uh, not on our faith, not on, uh, on what we uh, believe. Our, our faith is not in our faith, but our faith is in him. And what we understand is that it is the assurance, Scripture says, of things hoped for. This word assurance, it it's used in uh, other places as this thought of this title deed. So it's this, uh, this thought of this foundation or this substance. Some of your translations might uh, say it's this assurance or substance of the things that are hoped for. Uh, this word title deed, it's this thought of this legal document that is to affect a transfer of property and to show a legal right to possess it. And so when we think about faith, it is this confident assurance that what we hope is going to happen. Now, when we think about what we hope is going to happen, uh, this isn't just like we hope in anything. Like we, we use the word hope for a lot of different things, right? We, uh, we may be thinking today, I understand there's a pretty big game uh, tonight. And how many of you hope the 49ers beat the Chiefs? Let's just, some are like, I don't know, should I? All right, right, right. Now, now, how many on the other uh, side of that hope the Chiefs beat the 49ers, right? All right, we hear some people, some vocal people out there. Some of you are hoping it's over fast, right? You're just hoping uh, for that, right? So, but here's the thing, like we hope those kind of things, but those aren't things that we have any assurance of, right? We don't know uh, those things are going uh, to happen. We have hope in those kind of things. Uh, we, we named our daughter Hope, right? We, uh, and, and her name had some significance to us in the moments that we were in. Sherry's mother uh, had been battling cancer for years, and we uh, found out in kind of the final months of her mom's life that we were uh, going to have a baby, like mostly Sherry, but like we were... <laughs> And, and so in the midst of that, um, it was the most difficult season that we had gone through. And in that season, her mother went to be with the Lord and is experiencing the joys of, of heaven. But in the midst of that, we, we had this expectation for the future, right? And, and, and it stirred in our hearts that, that God just gave us hope, right? And, and so we named her that. Uh, but, but really, the, the hope that we have in 
Christ. It's not uh, this kind of uh, this kind of thought of just like we hope something might happen, and it's just this desire for something that's uncertain. But when we talk about this biblical hope, it is this desire for a future outcome that is absolutely sure. It is this desire and this understanding. The reason that we had hope in the midst of that brokenness is because we knew uh, that Sherry's mother had placed her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And because of her faith and trust in Jesus Christ, those moments that we were in, those moments were not the end. And we had an expectant assurance that uh, one day that we would be reunited, right? The Apostle Paul would say that we uh, walk by faith and not by sight, right? And we would say that rather to be, uh, that, that he would be uh, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We have this expectation, this, this hope uh, that is great, right? We hope for the return of Christ. And it's this no-so Hope, right? For the blessed hope, Titus 2 would say, of the glorious appearing, right? Of our great God and our Savior. We have hope for the resurrection. First Peter would say, we've been born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It is this reality that's in the future that we take hold of now. And it is a present reality in our life that allows us to walk through the difficult times. It allows us uh, to go through times of loss like we did with my mother-in-law and to know that there is hope and it is way beyond those moments, right? We hope for glorification, right? We know that one day that when we see him, we will be like him. We know that one day, uh, right, that the former things are going to pass away and that all things become new. We know that one day we can reign with him, right? We have hope in those moments. We have hope for the future and, and the believer's hope, it rests in this certainty of what lies ahead. It rests in the promises of God. And we lean into that and we trust God with everything, right? We look forward, taking hold of the promises of God. Yeah. See, by faith, the believers can, can look ahead and see the way that it will be. We look ahead and we trust Right, we have this conviction. It says faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things we cannot see. Faith, faith rests not in what we can see, but in the unseen. I was talking to, to one of the pastors that, that worship uh, with us here, and I said, hey, what does it look like to walk by faith? I've been asking people that today, and he said, well, it's, it's walking in the tunnel when you can't see the light at the end, you know, and, 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 it, and we understand there's just these moments where we can't see, right? And it rests in not the things that are seen, but in the things that are unseen. And it allows us to see from a perspective that is, that is so much different from the things of this world, a perspective that the natural man can't see, right? And, and what we understand is this confident assurance that we have, this rest that we have in Christ. It is a work of God in our lives. And this work of God gives us proof and, and this assurance of the things that are to come. So faith looks forward, right? Taking hold of the promises of God. Number two, right? Faith looks back, being reminded of the faithfulness of God. Look at verse two. It says, for by it, the men of old gained approval. Now, as we look at the men of old uh, through the rest of this chapter over the, over the coming weeks, we're going to understand uh, and see and be encouraged by their faith. And because of their faith, the scripture says that they receive commendation in the form uh, of this good testimony uh, from God, right? It says, for, for by it, the men of old gained 
approval. Now, I think it's interesting when we look at this uh, list of people in Hebrews 11, we, we see them and they're kind of thought of as the heroes of the faith. I mean, these people are, are, are like the A-team of the faith, right? And we're going to be encouraged by their faithfulness. But, but if you look at their lives, you're going to find out that there was a lot of failure. You're going to find out there was a lot of mess in their lives as well. And so how did these men of old, how did they gain approval of, of God? How did the patriarchs and matriarchs, how, how did they find approval with God? And, and this would be an important question for those that would have been hearing uh, these words in, in the original audience, right? What, what would happen to, to Abraham? What about Moses? What about uh, all those? I mean, these, these, uh, the, these people, right? They would have been wondering, how would these people be included in, in the story of God's grace to us in Christ? And the author gives us this beautiful picture here, and he answers, and he says, these men and these women, they received their approval because they exercised faith, right? That's what Romans 4 would tell us about Abraham. What we would understand is that Abraham believed God, and the Bible says that it was counted to him, that it was credited to him as righteousness. And so what we understand is that this consistent, clear teaching that the redeemed of Israel who lived before the death and resurrection of Christ their, their salvation, their, their approval rested in, in the faithfulness, right, that they had in, in the faith and the trust that they had in a God who was faithful to his promises, right? They had an assurance. They, they hoped in the things that were unseen, and they looked ahead to the deliverer that was promised, right? And we uh, have the blessing of living on the other side of the cross. And so we look to the cross and we recognize the deliverer uh, that came, right? And so they were looking ahead in faith in the deliverer that was promised and hadn't come. And we look back being able to see the finished work of the cross. Faith looks back, right? Reminded of the faithfulness of God. And finally, right, verse three says this, faith looks upward, resting in the power of of God. Look at verse 3. He says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Now, now the, the author takes them all the way back to creation. He takes them back to the beginning, and, and he says this creation account, uh, this creation account is reliable, is based on the word of God, and what we understand is that God's design, his plan, it's still true, and, and this great reminder, right, that the unseen is greater even that is seen because all that is seen, everything that we look at, the vastness of all creation, we understand that it is held together by what is not seen. And it was formed out of the nothingness that would be seen, right? We, we understand that, that God uh, is creator and sustainer and that everything is held together in his power. And so there's this unseen reality that is greater even than what is seen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight. What does it look like, right? How do we walk by faith just day to day, right? We believe and we trust and know that God exists, right? We know that he is true and that he is fully trustworthy so much that we base our whole lives, right? That we, that we rest our whole lives in him, that we base our whole lives in, in, in the truth of his word and that we're willing to say, you know what? I'm gonna live according to the word of God regardless of what the world might say, regardless of what uh, impact that that might make uh, in our lives. No matter what it seems like from our physical eye, 
no matter what it seems like, when it seems like uh, that, that the world is, uh, is winning, maybe there's uh, sacrifice that we're making, maybe we're following God and we're not getting promoted, maybe we're living a certain way and we're being persecuted and it seems like to the physical eye, the things that we can see, it seems like things are not going our way. And, and here's the truth, if we stand on the word of God, the Bible would say that all of you who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will face persecution, that you will be persecuted. And if we stand on the word of God, just like those believers that, that, that is being written to and being encouraged in Hebrews, we will face resistance. We will face persecution. It will not always be with us, but we can know that God, it will not always be easy, but we can know that God will always be with us. And, and as the author of Hebrews wrote, he said, we are not of those who shrink back. See, the temptation is when persecution comes that we shrink back. The temptation is that we become silent. The temptation is that, that we, instead of, you know, some of us when we're like, I hope the, the chiefs win, or we're kind of like a little bit, you know, reserved about lifting up. The hope is that, that, that from the world's perspective, like the, in, the enemy would love nothing more than to cause us to shrink back. The enemy would love nothing more than to cause us to live uh, as, as if we're, uh, we're practical atheists, right? That we say we believe, but, but there's nothing different about our life than those that are around us, right? What is it that, that stands out about our life because our faith is in Jesus Christ, right? We, we should be markedly different than the world around us, and we are not of those who shrink back. Now, the opposite of faith is fear. And the enemy loves nothing more, right, than to cause us to shrink back in fear. And what happens is, is there's this voice that says, what if? Yes. Right? It says, what if, you know, what if I, maybe you're a young person in here and, and you say, what if I, what if I follow Christ and, and my friends make fun of me? What if what if I'm not popular? What if I don't get the promotion at work? What if, what if I choose to honor Christ and live according to his word? Because that's what walking by faith is, right? We, we, we live according to the word of God. And what if my boyfriend breaks up with me? What if my girlfriend breaks up with me? What if, what if, what if, right? And that's the question that causes fear to run through our minds. But I'm reminded that every what if is better answered with even if. I was thinking about those three Hebrew children in, in Daniel chapter 3. We are reminded of King Nebuchadnezzar and he has uh, decided that he would make a decree. Uh, we know in, in Daniel chapter 3 that he had made an image of gold and, and he sent word and, and he had uh, basically said that uh, that, that this command was given that, that for all people, every nation, men of every language, that's Daniel 3 verse 4, he says that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a blazing fire. Now, what would be seen in that moment, right? If, if you don't bow down, then you're going to be cast into the midst of this blazing fire. Now, now these Hebrew 
these Hebrew young people right there, what, what, what do we do here? Are we going to, do we bow down to this image? I mean, maybe, I mean, we don't, I mean, what good are we going to be if we're cast into the fire? I mean, there's all these questions that would probably be walking through their mind, but, but they know that God's word says that they are, that they're to worship only the one true God and they are not to bow to any other idols or image and all these things. And so, so here they are in Daniel, let's go on down to uh, verse 14 and and, and at this time, uh, the king has gotten word that these uh, Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they are not uh, bowing down. And so Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, uh, verse 13, brings them in. And he responds in verse 14, says, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you're ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, Lear, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music to fall down and worship the image that I've made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a, fur, of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, man, and I love this posture, right? He said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this matter. Listen, they had resolved a long time before that they're going to worship the one true God. They said, we don't, we don't need to give you an answer in this matter. And he said, if it be so, our God whom we serve, he said, he's able. He's able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And boy, I love this part. He said, but even if he does not. But even if he does not, be it known to you, O king, that we're not going to serve your gods, that we're not going to worship uh, the, uh, the golden image that you have set up, right? This is, this is the reality of where these Hebrew children are. They're saying, hey, what, what I see in front of me is a furnace of blazing fire. But what I understand is that the word of God says, don't bow. And, and here's the thing, right? The, the world all around us is crying out to, to, to followers of Jesus Christ. And they're saying, hey, the, the, you know, you need to bow down. You need to conform uh, to the culture that's all around. And when the world all around says bow, we understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, that we've got to have the courage to stand, that we've got to have the courage to trust in the word of God. Stop worshiping your God. That's what they told those Hebrew children. Stop worshiping him. Well, what if though? What if the king throws us all into the fire? What if the fire is seven times hotter. And the Hebrew children said, our God is able. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. You know, we've been reading the book of Acts and to those who were proclaiming the gospel uh, in the book of Acts, right? Early in those chapters we've been reading, right? Locking them up. They're threatening them. They're saying, hey, uh, you, you need to be silent. Don't say anything. Don't speak in the name of Jesus. And they say, whether it be right to hearken unto God uh, or unto you, right? You be the judge. Whether it's right for, for us uh, to, uh, to, to, to hearken unto you rather than God, you be the judge, but let it be known. We can't help but speak those things that we have seen and heard. Listen, we understand that our God is able. Listen, when we, whatever things that we're facing, whatever situations and circumstances and pressures and places that we are tempted uh, to bow down, we understand 
right? And, and these people, they said, even if you lock us up, even if you threaten us, whatever you do, we can't help but speak those things that we have seen and heard. And instead of saying, what if this happens? What if that happens, right? We should have this perspective that says, I'm going to walk. And even if, right, I'm going to stand, I'm not going to bow down. And what if God shows up? What if when I proclaim the good news of the gospel to those that are in my workplace? What if when I live different from those peers that are around me at school and pursue uh, purity, right, in my private life? What, what does it look like when we do those things? What if God shows up? And what if God uses this situation in my life to bring him glory? When the world says, bow, we've got to be willing to stand. See, Romans 1.16 says that, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation, for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. See, we are people who have, who have experienced his faith and his grace. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've heard the good news of the gospel and you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus and been born again into this living hope. And we have sure hope as we look toward uh, the, the future, right? And we rest in the promises of God. And we have a responsibility to go and proclaim the good news of who he is. Missionary John Patton was translating the scripture uh, for South Sea Islanders. And he was unable to find a word in their vocabulary for the concept of believing, trusting, or having faith. He had no idea how he would convey that to him. And one day while he was in his hut translating, a native came running in and uh, he threw himself uh, in a chair, exhausted after this long excursion in the jungle. And he said to Patton something like this. He said, it feels so good to stretch myself out and rest my whole weight in this chair. And Patton had his word. Faith is resting your whole weight on God. And that word went into the translation of their New Testament and God used it to help bring that civilization of natives to Christ. But this thought of faith, this believing, it is putting our whole weight on God. It is resting everything on him and the finished work of the cross. It is, it is this reality that if God said it, it's true. And we are to believe it and we are to walk in it. By faith, the weary sinner stretches out. All that he is, right? The weary sinner rests everything on Jesus Christ and what he has done. You know, when we believe and trust, the scripture says that, says if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, that there's this recognition that it's not us who is in charge, that it's him, this you know, we turn from self-reliance. We turn from our sin, this thought of repentance, right? We, we turn away from our sin. We turn away uh, from, from this uh, uh, self-sufficiency that we have. There, there's this, uh, this turning uh, toward Christ. And it says, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, he's in charge and not us, and believe in our heart, not just with our mind, right? Not just uh, with our head. We can know things about God. We can know uh, all the right Sunday school answers and we can fill in all the blanks. But he says, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, right? It's this picture of just trusting him with everything, resting our full weight, our, our lives on him. He says, if we believe with our heart that God has raised him from the dead, that we 
shall be saved. The Bible says whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never just rested in the finished work of the cross. And you would look to the cross this morning and say what Jesus did on that cross, that it counted for me. And I believe that when Jesus died on that cross, that he was dying in my place. He took all of my sin and all of my shame. And this morning, for the first time, you say, you know what, I'm going to just resting in, in what Christ has done. I believe and I trust in him. The Bible tells us that you can pass from death to life. That you can be made alive in Christ. If that's you, my hope is this morning that you would just believe and call on his name. That you would trust in him for salvation. Maybe there's believers in this room and God's telling you to do something. He's telling you to go somewhere. Because here's what we understand, right? Faith is active. Faith is, is moving, right? Faith does. It doesn't just sit. It, it, it causes action, right? James would tell us that faith without works is dead. He would say that our faith is going to result in action. God responds to faith of his people. You know, we've read in Mark recently that Jesus could do, do no mighty work in his hometown because of unbelief. And there's a tension that unbelief hinders the, the work of God in our midst, right? And, and, and we, our, our minds have a hard time fully grasping how all that works, but we understand that our faith and trust in him, that it unleashes, right, the work of God uh, in our midst. I don't mean we just have this faith in whatever we think we, uh, we somehow want or hope for, and we just get all those things just because of our, listen, we are trusting in the promises of God, but we can trust and know that as we walk in accordance to the word of God, that, that our God will be with us and that, that, he will, uh, that, that he will work in the midst of our lives, right? We, we read and see, uh, the way God would work when, uh, when the, the four men would bring their friend to Jesus and they would lower him through the roof, right? We would see a woman who would say, you know, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, right? We would see people with just faith in action, right? Believing and trusting and knowing that God is able. And the posture that we come before him is, God, we know that you are able and you are a good father, so as your child, I trust you. And maybe there's some of us that are just wearied with, with just heavy laden with things. And maybe this morning you need to come and just say, God, I trust you with this. And God, I know that you are able to do whatever you see fit in it. God, and I trust you because you are a good father. Hebrews eleven six, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a, a rewarder of those who seek him. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful. God, we're grateful for the gift of, of your word. Lord, this reminder today that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Lord, as we uh, just have reflected on all you've done today in song and Lord, as we reflected on the, on the cross and the finished work of Christ, God, I pray that there might be someone here that for the first time, God, maybe they've been trusting and, and resting in, uh, God, God, things they've been trying to do. God, maybe they've been uh, 
I'm trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction in the things of this world. But God, I pray that today would be a day of surrender, that they would just rest in the finished work of the cross. God, that they would believe and trust you. And God, for believers in this room, God, I pray that we would be people who walk by faith. God, even when we can't see, God, even when it seems like everything is dark, God, I pray you would help us not focus on the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are not seen are eternal. God, help us be a people who don't shrink back, but those who walk by faith. God, help us, God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, God, as you live through us. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we ask, God, that you might change us, Lord, from the inside out. And God, that we might leave walking by faith. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.